0: hands together as we bless the Lord he's worthy man
1: Welcome to Church on the Rock this morning. We are so happy to have you guys here with us. And I just encourage you, just like that song says, this morning it's a great day to be alive and it's a great day to lose yourself in the Lord's love. Amen.
2: Jesus, in your name we rise, and the glory is yours, the glory is yours. Oh, God, the glory is yours, the kingdom is come and the battle is Yeah, there has never been anyone anything like you Nobody beside you and there will never be. Come
0: on, let's sing out together all
2: this houses, the voices we say Nobody beside you and there will there never be. me believe that this morning. Amen. You're here that our world should be your throne. We're amazed by who you are and your presence makes us whole. So
0: and make a way where there seems like there's no way. You know, really praying for this weekend and wondering what God wanted to speak to our hearts and what He wanted to do during the service even other than the message. But I was excited when we got to our daily Bible reading. There was just something in me. I just believe God's going to say something. And here's the thing. I really believe He wanted to speak this to everybody in this room. And you could have got this for yourself in our Bible reading guide, but I want us to read it together because this is a picture I had, first of all, of some people. It's like you're in a boat in a lake, and it's just the, the water's troubled. It's just, they're just waves, and you don't really see the land, and you're just kind of, you're frustrated. Maybe you're worn out, and you just, you know, where's the shore at? And you just kind of have that feeling. Now, let's read this, the Word of God. I want us to read it together. Let's speak it out loud, because I'm telling you, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And when you speak it out loud, it'll change the atmosphere. This is Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. Amen. We have a great God. The part that really stood out for some of you, just at the break of dawn. Now, you think it's always darkest before the dawn. The enemy, right before you get your breakthrough, he'll try to squeeze you and try to get you to quit right before your breakthrough. And I'm telling you, never, never, never give up. Because one year could make a difference. One month could make a difference. One day, one minute can make a difference. You know, at 211 degrees, water is just hot. But one degree, it becomes steam, 212 degrees. It can take a many-ton locomotive down a track with a big weight. I'm telling you, God's here to meet your need, and he didn't teach you to swim to let you drown. He didn't lead you out this far to let you go back again. He's for you not against you. So the altar team's coming up here right now, and God is going to answer prayer at this altar. Why can I say that confidently? Because it's in his word. But we had testimonies the last two Wednesday nights of people getting healed, and somebody that didn't want to come up, they said, well, and they came up, and it happened right up here at the altar. So the altars are open for whatever you need, healing in your body, a decision, whatever it is. And the rest of us, you know what it says in that chapter in verse 10? Be still and know that I'm God. Let's know that He's God during this worship song.
2: holy God. Is that what you were made for uh-huh. i was made for love uh-huh. i was made for love you got uh-huh. I- what I want to be. Amen. Praise the Lord. Set your
0: heart this morning? Amen. We bless you, Lord, because you alone are worthy. No one like you, Jesus. Come on, let's put our hands together as we bless it, Lord, we
2: love you, Jesus. Somebody give him some praise in this place this morning.
0: He's worthy. Well, why don't you turn and greet your neighbor this morning and tell him how happy you are to see him in the house of the Lord. Oh, shine,
2: Lord. We say, Shine, Jesus. You are Lord. The world to see. You are coming. Well, last time, say, Now, Lord, shine. The world to see. you are glorious.
1: welcome to church on the rock we're so glad you're here worshiping Back of the chair in front of you, we have a lot of information about our church.
3: Our inside look lets you know everything about who we are and what we believe in.
1: Our ministry guide gives you plenty of opportunities to get connected through small groups, classes, and outreach opportunities.
3: If you're a first-time guest, fill out the white card in the seat back in front of you, drop it in the offering, or you can bring it across the hall to the Connect Room where you'll receive a free gift bag.
1: Don't forget about our Saturday night meal and snacks between our Sunday morning services. Also, the coffee bar is always open. so glad you're here and we hope that you know there is always a place for you at church on the rock
3: this summer powerhouse is having summer of soldiers every wednesday from 1 to 4 p.m This will not only be a time filled with fun and games, but will be a time for spiritual growth through personal devotion, prayer and worship, and small groups. Even beyond these areas, our students will walk hand in hand along with our pastors and staff to learn the fundamentals of worship, speaking, and technology. This summer, be sure to attend Summer of Soldiers.
4: For the month of June, there will be no Wednesday night small groups or classes we will be meeting in the sanctuary for our Night of Refreshing, a time of worship and personal ministry. Join us every Wednesday night in June at 7 p.m. for a Night of Refreshing. SUM Texarkana Bible College and Theological Seminary at Church on the Rock Texarkana offers affordable, accredited undergraduate and graduate theological degrees that combine academic excellence, with practical ministry training and personal mentorship by seasoned ministry leaders. This process shapes students to be passionate, prepared, five-fold ministry leaders. SUM is expressively a ministry training school. When students are released, they are ready to go into full-time ministry. Enroll now for our 2015 fall semester at churchontherock.org.
3: Amen, amen. How's everybody doing? Good, good. How many people are excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen, amen. Hey, we're super excited that you're here, and we want to especially welcome all the fathers or dads that we have in the house. Y'all make some noise for all the fathers in the house. So if you completely forgot that it's Father's Day, like grab your father, take him out to lunch, get him something nice, make a really sweet Facebook post about him or something, do something for him. But uh, like I said, we are excited that you're here, but we have another very special guest with us this morning. Pastor John is back in the house. Yeah, y'all make some noise for him. He's got a really, really powerful word for us this weekend, so we're excited that he's back. Um, But... Just like our last announcement, uh, I wanted to kind of sum up what we're doing with our Sum School of Ministry here at Church on the Rock. We've been working hard the past couple months just to get everything ready for the fall. And actually this Friday, we're doing a ribbon cutting with some of our elders, board of directors, and our staff. But Sunday, so a week from today, right after second service, we're going to do a, a quick meeting right after service for any prospective students. If you're interested or you know someone who's interested in coming to a, to our school here at our church, uh, get them there. We're going to have some of the professors from some. They're actually going to be here so we can ask them any questions that we might have, meet them, just gonna kind of get to know them and their heart. But anyway, we're really excited about it. And uh, we pray, uh, we want you guys to help pray with us and just kind of partner with us. But anyway... Uh, we're really excited about that. So like I said, that's next Sunday right after second service. Uh, but anyway, we're going to continue our worship this morning with tithes and offerings.
0: Amen. Thank you, Zach. You know, if you are fairly new to the church, there's a room right behind these doors called the Connect Room. Stop by there. they got a free gift for you, and I'd love to kind of answer any questions you might have about the church. I want to talk a little about the point of tithing just with one verse here, a couple verses out of Deuteronomy 14. It says, be sure you set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. Eat the tithe of your grain, new wine and oil, and the firstborn of your herds, herds and flocks in the presence of the Lord your God at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name, so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God. You know, the Bible makes the purpose of tithing very clear. It's to put God first in our lives. And that means we always want to give God our best and our first. And the most important thing we do when we get our paycheck is to remember God and do that thing first. Uh, If you've been watching the, coming to church here the last few weeks and watching the Robert Morris uh, series on the blessed life, he makes this statement about, uh, you know, when you're in financial trouble, and I've been there, where you pay Visa first. The only thing about Visa does not have the power to bless you. But when you give God and return those tithes, He has the power to bless you, and not just bless that 10th, but He says He redeems the rest of the 90. And you know, you can go a lot farther with redeem 90 than you can with 110% on your own power. Amen? And let's look at this little PowerPoint. I want us to read it together. And let's say this. A habit of regular tithing can keep God at the top of our priority list and give us a proper perspective on everything else we have. Let's pray. You know what? Before we pray, I had a guy come up to me, older gentleman, about my age. But... He was having a heart situation. He was going to the doctor, and he was going to have to go in. I mean, they said, we got some problems here. He was going to have to go in, and they did it. But before they went, he went in, he came last Sunday, I think, or the week before. Three different people prayed for him. He went that Wednesday and had a stress test, and 300 pictures all came out clear. Not a problem at all. I'm telling you, let's give God glory. He's answering prayer. And this is an hour in this church where I'm telling you, the heavens are being opened over this place, and uh, God is good. Amen. God bless you as you give.
5: Just say, Lord, I love you. Come on, let Jesus hear your voice. I love you, Lord. I just worship you today. I just want to say that I welcome your presence in my life. And I don't want to just feel this special feeling on Sunday. I want your presence to be near me every day of my life. I'm to tell the Lord that right now. I don't want to be a Sunday Christian. I don't want to just get a weekend fix, but I want to walk with you seven days a week. I want you to be more real to me today than you were yesterday and more tomorrow than today. Nothing mystical, weird, or spooky, but just the reality of the presence of God. That's what I want, Lord. Can we just say, Lord, we welcome you. It's Father's Day. Our Heavenly Father, we welcome your presence in our life. And we know, Lord, that when we're by your side, everything's going to be okay. So, Holy Spirit, would you just allow the peace of God that passes all understanding to capture every heart in this room. Today, as best we know how now, we just lay our cares on your shoulders and just confess that you're a good God, that you're our Father. You've adopted us as your children, and we can trust tomorrow's in your hands. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a good hand now. He's worthy of our praises. Well, give your neighbor a high five. Tell him you're looking good. And I am glad to be home. It is an honor to be back with you. It is an honor to be back with you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for his goodness. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Well, you're too kind. You're too kind. You're too kind. Listen, I love you. I love being here. Been here 25 years. Not looking to go anywhere else. And uh, well, I took the last three months off because I, did, I had some health issues and I was just tired. But uh, I am doing much better. And. Uh, got some rest in the latter part of my getaway and uh, maybe not quite 100% yet. I'm going to ease back into it and just believe that God's going to continue to use Linnell and I for the foreseeable future because how many know our world's in big trouble? It is in big trouble. Everybody knows it. And how many know answers are found, come on, in the God of the Bible? Answers are found through you and I, His ambassadors in the world. You and I are doing what Jesus told us to do, to go into all the world and make disciples. We start right here in Texarkana, USA, around us and endeavor to reach people for Christ because they're hurting out there. And uh, there's hope in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Hey, I want to say a special thank you to our staff, to our elders, to our board members. If you're here, I want you to stand up and just say thank you for your great job the last three months. Any staff members, board members, elders that are here in this service, we're just glad you're here. It's our third weekend service if you pop up every time. But uh, ours is a healthy church. You know, not many churches can the senior leader go away for a long time and everything still be going well. Well, that's because this church is not built on me. It's built on the rock, which is Christ Jesus. And he said the gates of hell would not prevail. Come on, against his church. Well, I've got something special on Father's Day. It's going to be a blessing for all the dads, but it's also going to be very relevant to all of us. I'm going to be sharing a scripture that uh, literally was an anchor in my life. It uh, literally saved my life while I was on uh, this little getaway. I wish I could tell you that I just got to go and have a ton of fun and everything was great. And uh, I did a few fun things, but I was tormented for the first couple months. I'll talk about a health issue and how it impacted me, but uh, how I found the strength of God in it had some great doctors, and they helped, and I thank God for them. I had Christian counselors that uh, helped me understand what was, what was going on in my, in my body, but they, they didn't take the alley away. But I'm telling you, I found a supernatural strength in the Word of God to keep me going and keep me focused, to help me realize that a problem that started in my physical body began to inf- affect my emotions, but then it began to affect me spiritually. How I many know oh, we are body, soul, and spirit? And I want to help you with something that helped me is my intent today. And uh, I want to go to First Peter chapter 5. And I'm starting a new series called Problems and Promises. Can you say that with me? Problems, Problems and Promises. And uh, I want to share what to, with you what became a promise to me. Now, I, I hope you're a Bible reader. But I don't just read my Bible for Bible knowledge and facts and truth and theology. Though All that's there. I read the Bible for God to speak with me. And I'm going to share with you what the Scripture says of itself. I'll share with you some experiences that I had and how I really found a strength in my life to overcome something that was overcoming me. But it was 1 Peter chapter 5 and it was back on April 15th. I remember that day I was reading through my Bible guide. These are so important. One in the back of the chair. If you need one, just get it. We've got an app on your for your phone. But I was reading on April 15th and I was at a pretty low spot And I read this passage of scripture. I'm going to read about seven verses and then we're going to go back and look at each verse uh, on its own. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you. Now, this passage was written by Peter, the Apostle Peter, to uh, Christians that were being persecuted. Much today, like what's going on today in the Middle East, and anywhere Muslims are encountering Christians, it seems like, uh, the Muslims are quite clear. ISIS has beheaded a number of Christians on a number of uh, occasions. They just, And the only reason is they're losing their lives is simply because they're believers in Jesus Christ. Kids have lost daddies. People have lost jobs. The same thing was going on in the New Testament. There was a hatred of Christ and what He stood for. And to these people who are experiencing such great persecution... The Scripture says humble yourself, we'll talk about it, under the mighty hand of God. Now, how many know the same God that created the universe that we see, the same God that, 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 that brings the rain and brings the, created the thunderstorms, how many know that same God is this mighty God that we're talking about today? And the God of the Bible is an all-powerful God. He's not one of many gods. He is the God. Come on, He's the King of kings, He's the Lord of lords, and He's the one that's ultimately in control of everything, even when we deal with problems in our lives. See, if you want to wonder why we have so many problems, you can thank Adam and Eve when you get to heaven because of their original sin. Satan came in and messed the thing up. But notice now, verse 7, this is what caught, caught my eye. He said, Cast all your anxieties, your worries, your cares, your fears, cast them on Him, the Lord, because He cares for you. Mind you now, this was written to people that were being persecuted, physical suffering, emotional pain but yet God still cares. Listen, be sober-minded, be watchful, because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, these scriptures are not disconnected. When you read the Bible, you read it in context. This is kind of a flowing thought that begins with the power of a mighty God and trust in Him. It talks about the struggles and anxieties people were having, and then there's a connection made to the source of these things, the devil himself. He says, verse 9, our response should be resist him firm in your faith. Resist him. You're not passive. You're not just allowing yourself to be overcome and overrun. You're not helpless. It's hard, but we're not helpless. Resist him knowing that the same kind of suffering is being experienced by your brothers throughout the world. Now look at verse 10. This is what became a promise to me, a rhema, a living word from God. After you've suffered a little while... The God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, God will restore you. When you're unable to restore yourself, God says, in the right timing, I will restore you. I Listen, not only will I restore you, I will confirm you, I will strengthen you, and I will establish you. And you know what he says then? He said, I've got the power to do that, because it's to him (laughs) belongs all the dominion forever and ever. He is almighty God. So literally, this scripture was an anchor in my storm. It helped me survive my darkest hour. And if you don't believe it was dark, ask my wife. Ask my kids what was going on. But listen, God spoke to me through this scripture. I had some great doctors. And how many know everything a doctor knows, everything she's learned, everything she can do, uh, anytime a pill is is given to you. uh, How many know there was a researcher, there was a chemist, there was someone involved in that. All they did was unlock the greatness of our God. Come on, when a surgery is performed, that surgeon has learned skills to operate on a body that God created. And God is behind these things. And I had a great doctor. Unfortunately, he was not good enough to take all my pain away. He helped. I, I went had a couple of Christian counselors. They helped. But they couldn't take my alley away. A band-aid was not enough. I found something spiritual. Because you see, a problem that started out in my physical body. It's a chemical imbalance. And I'll talk more about it started in my physical body, it got into my emotions, and my feelings kind of took over my life for a period of time, the way I felt, and that affected my faith. We are body, soul, and spirit. So we're going to explore this a bit today because I'm going to share with you from my own experience how you can find help through God's Word, through a promise from God, to go through any problems that you face in this life. I think it'll be a blessing to you. Let's go back to verse uh, verse 6, and... The theme of this message is that we can face any problem with faith in a promise from God. Can you say that with me? We can face any problem with faith in a promise from God. Let's explore it. Back to verse 6, he said, "...to humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time He may exalt you." Mind you now, their problems they are they're being persecuted. They may have slept in the woods when they heard this epistle read the night before because someone's burned their house down simply because they're a Christian. They might have been hungry for several days. They might have gone to see Daddy in jail the day before this scripture was read to them. There's a mighty God, and at the proper time he will exalt you. Now there's several things here. To humble ourselves, it literally means to bring low it literally means talking about in this context is that when you're going through struggles and problems and pressures stay connected to God stay close to God you may not feel at the top of your game but God is at the top of his game you can trust in him just hold on to the Lord don't let go of him don't get angry don't give up don't give up and quit but how many know sometimes your old mind will make you wonder is there really a God if God's such a good God why are all these bad things happening there's a secret that will help you in this passage keep trusting God, don't give up and quit because this word exalt means is God is going to give you victory over your problems in the process of time. In other words, God's not forgotten about us just because our problems last a while, but God is with us. Now, as I said, I had a chemical imbalance and just a little bit that I've learned. uh, I had an issue with my thyroid, not quite right. I had an issue with my serotonin levels that were a little bit low, but the big thing is my adrenal glands were not regulating adrenaline in my body. Now, your adrenal glands, adrenaline, a rush of adrenaline, is a, it's, a, it's part of the glory and the beauty of God. When you encounter something that's, that's scary, for example, uh, you're, you're, you're driving down the interstate and all of a sudden you come over a hill and you're going 70 miles an hour and uh, all the cars, uh, red lights, and someone in front of you is just about to stop and you, you hit your brake. And it's like you come alive when you realize that there's something there. It's this fight or flight response that God's given us. Uh, I want to illustrate this further because I want you to feel a little bit of what I felt. Uh, I, I'm an avid gardener. And I was in my garden a couple days ago, and and, and last year, uh, the Lord was so kind to me, but I had some bird netting out, and the Lord sent a copperhead about that long, or the devil sent him, I don't know, but he was out there. That's a big old snake. And it really scared me because it was a cool day, and I had my, I had my, my back porch door open, and I thought, well, gee, he could have just gone in there. Well, I've been wearing my snake boots in my garden ever since then, because uh, just in case his, uh, his brother was out there. Well, I'm picking blueberries the other day, and and I've got blueberries in in a big strawberry bed, and you can't really see under the strawberry leaves, and uh, I'm just picking blueberries, and all of a sudden, I heard this sound, and I thought, that's a rattlesnake. It wasn't a rattlesnake. I've got sweet potatoes, and rabbits have been eating them. So, so, yeah, oh, Uh, I have another word for them, but... rabbits were eating them so I bought this little gadget where you hook it up to a water hose and it's got a sprinkler on it and it's got a motion detector and when that felt me going to those blueberry (laughs) vines now you're kind of laughing but it got me it got me going I have a friend I'd like to show you on the screen maybe this would just touch a little adrenaline in you if you saw this you're laughing. What did you do the last time you saw a snake? Because the only good snake... Yeah, that's, that's in the Bible somewhere. I'm not sure what page that's on. But, but why do you pull back? It's adrenaline. And God has given you that ability that when there's danger, you get away. Well, my problem, when mine got out of whack, and it was probably just chronic stress over the years, my wife's cancer... My problem was, is I would feel that all the time. And when you have a feeling, you know, you need to get away from that snake. Well, I went through a period of time where I was afraid to drive the car because I had this something going on in me that tells me to get out of there, and I was in the truck, so I need to get out of the truck. It was very difficult for me to go to a restaurant. It was our 31st or 2nd, long-time anniversary, (laughs) Yeah, that's one of them. Second. Um, We were going to go out to eat, and we got close to there. I said, honey, I I can't go in there. There's some feeling that is controlling me, and there's a lie that's starting to grow in my mind that says something bad's about to happen. So if you can imagine just being surrounded all the time, something bad's about to happen. From the time I got up in the morning to went to bed at night, you might People have been asking me, what, did you have fun on your vacation? No. I did a few fun things, but I was tormented for several months. And I literally mean that. I was tormented by this thing that we just couldn't get beyond. But I want to tell you, I'm better. I want to tell you, and it was this scripture that helped me. Again, I'm grateful for medical care, grateful for counselors, but it was not enough I needed something from God, come on, to help me do what I could not do on my own. It's easy to say fear not, but how many know you need the courage from the maker to help you live out? Fear not. And it was this scripture, and I want to help you because the Bible is a very practical book. The Bible is more than just theology. It's more than just information. But the Bible is, 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 can bring power to your life in the circumstances you go through. Now, I'm reading this. It's April 15th again in our Bible, Bible reading. And when I read this, verse 7 caught my eye. Cast all your anxieties on him, all your worries, all your fears, and I've got plenty. Most of them are unfounded, and that's the weird thing. But because this adrenaline thing was going on inside me, it seemed real. What I want you to understand is something that began as a physical problem physiologically began to affect me emotionally and the feelings became so pronounced emotionally that it began to affect me spiritually because I was now being controlled by fear, and I understood that it was fear that was keeping me out of the restaurant. Come on, fear that was keeping me out of the car or fear that was keeping me in the house. And how many know that's spiritual? Because the Bible says God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of and of a sound mind. The Bible says fear has torment, but perfect love casts out fear. Well, it's one thing to know that up here. It's another thing for it to get deeper in your heart. Now, I want to tell you, I, I was on a spiritual plateau when I left you. It was a good plateau, but it was a plateau. I've gone deeper in God. This crisis made me get closer to my maker. This crisis opened, caused me to realize when I'm at the end of my rope, come on, There's everlasting arms that can hold me up and sustain me and care for me and take care of me. But you got to get to the end of your rope before you go deeper like that. If you've got money, if you've got health, if you're in control... Then everything is great. You're not aware of your need for God. That's what secular America is all about. But I'll tell you, friends, you confront something that's bigger than you, something you can't take care of, something your mom can't fix, your wife can't fix, your husband can't fix, your doctor can't fix. Come on, your banker can't fix. And when you meet that thing, you realize there's a need for God in my life. I believe that's one reason why God lets people die, because we realize that we are not God and we need him, come on, to get through that valley with hope. But it says, cast all your anxieties on Him. And let me know all is all. But then it said, because He cares for you. And it was as if scales fell off my eyes because I didn't feel like God cared. I'm just being honest with you. You ever been there? I didn't feel. But there's a difference between feel and the facts of faith, which are truth. He cares for me. This word cast means like taking off your jacket and let somebody else hold it. So literally, I can take off my cares and worries and the Lord wants to hold them. Now that's easy to say, but it's hard to do. Now we're going to talk about this. This is a series, and each one of these concepts are, are biblical faults. I'm probably going to develop a message on it in the coming days and weeks. So if you know somebody living through this, bring them with you. Uh, now whenever the Supreme Court if they rule on same sex marriage for the culture I think we need to talk about that Amen. we need to talk about Bruce and Caitlin Jenner I mean we need to talk about that I mean well, the Bible has something to say and uh, so so we 'll interrupt our series whenever whenever that happens and I have time to prepare for it but he goes on to say God God cares for you Psalm 55 verse 22 give your worries to the Lord and it's true or it's false. So it's either possible for you to let God come in those fearful times, those times of worry, those times of stress. It's either possible for God to shoulder that burden with you, or it's not. I found that it is possible. But look at verse eight. And mind you now, these verses are all connected. The Bible is not just scattered thoughts, but they're flowing thoughts that will begin with our response of humility towards a mighty God that literally God wants to get involved in our struggles. But then he says, verse 8, you need to be watchful because you've got an adversary, the devil, and he's prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to Devour. devour, tell your neighbor you're that someone. So can I tell you quite candidly, every one of us, if you're a Christian, and particularly if you're a dedicated Christian, if you're walking with God, you're in the sights of the devil You say, well, I don't know that I believe that really. It's what happened to Judas. Satan entered into him, and he betrayed Christ. It's what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. Satan prompted their hearts to lie. Somehow a thought came in their mind, and it gave birth to this terrible act. There are spiritual influences in the world. We'll we'll, we'll read about this. I had a physiological problem, but it turned into a spiritual problem. And I couldn't see it as a spiritual attack because my feelings were so overwhelmed by this thing, a feeling that had been, been helpful to me all my days, get away, adrenaline, blah, 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 but now it was confusing me. But somehow now, Satan gets involved in these things. And when I lost faith, fear came in, come on, and the lie began to come in, and the lie said, you'll never stand in your pulpit again. You'll never go back and pastor you. You'll never do your son's wedding. Well, I got news. I did his wedding last Saturday, and I'm here today. But before the first service during worship, I wanted to get out of here. Because feelings are real, but feelings don't have to win. Is it true that greater is he that is in me, the Holy Spirit, than he that is in the world? Or is it not true? faith is our engagement faith is the is the electrical cord that plugs into the power so it can operate well l- notice verse 9 resist him resist him don't just give in don't just give up don't just bow down when you know the truth stand against it just like Jesus did in the 40 day temptation because listen friends we are in a war we are in a faith fight against an unseen enemy and does not the Bible clearly teach this? Ephesians 6, says this, put on the whole armor of God so you may be able to take your stand against the schemes, wiles, wow, strategies, tactics that the devil has aligned against you. You, need, you can have armor, and we'll take a message and we'll delve into this. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. In other words, my problems are not all about the people that are involved, but it's against what? Rulers? against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. It is against the spiritual forces of evil where in the heavenly places. So four times in the Bible, the Bible describes a satanic, a demonic, an evil influence that is out to attack you. I can guarantee you That young man, his name was Roof, I think, 21 years of age that went into the church in Charleston, South Carolina, and murdered people. I guarantee you that was demonically inspired. I wish he'd have been able to come to our church and walk in the door and see black and white people standing together, loving each other, hugging people, welcoming people that are there, people getting along. He was a student of the writings of Adolf Hitler. If he'd have been a student of the Bible, if his mom and daddy had had him in powerhouse, come on, and they were learning the Bible in the summertime on Wednesdays from 1 to 4, if he was taught to read his Bible at a young age, just like I taught my children, now you teach yours, something else would have influenced him rather than the hatred, come on, that overcame him. Now, here we are sitting in Texarkana, and we're happy today, and things are well. There's our brothers and sisters in Charleston, South Carolina and they're grieving this morning. They're trying to forgive, but they're, they're, they're hurting. Lord, we just bless our, our friends right now. We bless people we don't even know, but they're brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. And we pray that somehow God himself would come and, and heal and help and, and restore. And, and rather than this further dividing our nation, that somehow, Lord, it would pull us together as we realize this thing has an evil influence that's behind it. See, all the culture would say is, well, the problems are guns. Hey, look, when I went to high school as a kid, every one of us had a shotgun or a rifle hanging up in the back of our truck window, and we didn't lock our truck doors. Something's changed in our culture. When I was a kid, there was not the violence that it is today on television. Come on and in video games where uh, it was not rap music that glorified killing and murder and rape. It's a different world we live in today. In the 60s, when we gave the boot to God and Time magazine says God is dead, we didn't replace it with a higher moral code. And evil just has erupted itself across the generations. Come on. Races have experienced where there are generations of, of breakups in the family, a- abortion has taken 55 million of our family members as American people. Listen, we live in an evil world today. And the solution for America's problems, come on, is not something coming out of Washington, but it's a return to the God of the Bible. It's, it's, a, it's a humbling ourselves. It's an acknowledgment that God's ways are true and God's ways are right. And what we've tried to do in this experiment has brought wrath and destruction to America. Well, let's keep reading. We are in a fight. Satan wants your faith. Notice what it said, resist him, firm in your faith. This is very important because your faith is not just your belief system. It's not just your creed, your confession. Your faith is not just what you know about God. Your faith is the way you live your life each day. It's when you pray expecting God to answer your prayer and give you daily bread. Expecting God to protect you. having courage to face what you're afraid of because the Lord is leading you. Faith is a walk. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by what we believe, not by what we see. That's the Bible that I'm telling you right now. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk this way. Satan wants you to stop walking by faith. Satan wants to cut out anything to do with God. He only wants you to listen to the voice of the lawyer, the doctor, the banker, the whoever. He didn't want to have a voice. He didn't want God to have a voice in your life. Satan wants to treat you... Old movie, Jeremiah Johnson. I don't know if you remember that. But he was, a, he was a mountain man, and he was gone into the, the wilds of the mountains. And his first year there, it was snowing, and he was cold, and he was building a little fire under this cedar tree. And he just got the fire going, started with a rock. And lo and behold, snow fell down on his little fire, and he had to sleep in the cold that night. That's exactly what Satan wants to do with your faith. And he will get in the midst of your problems to try to make you believe that God doesn't care, that God doesn't know. I'm telling you, there was a lie that became real to me that said you will not go and do your son's wedding. You will not pastor in your church. I'm telling you, it is a lie. Yes. The same time all this is going on, my college roommate, my best friend, I was a second baseman. No, he was a second baseman, and I was a shortstop and third baseman growing up, and we were buddies, and he committed suicide. And I was so hurting and confused, and it took me a day and a half. They wanted me to do the funeral. I couldn't even go to the funeral. Hard to talk to them on the telephone. And Satan is just right there. I'm telling you, friends, what starts out physically can affect you spiritually. And you can believe the lie. One of the greatest things that I learned that I already knew but I had to go back to is I need to take every thought captive and bring it into the obedience of Christ. Just to help me, I got me a rubber band, and any time the lie gets in my mind and I believe it, I give myself a little whack because I was letting my feelings become true, come on, rather than the Word of God becoming true. There is a power greater than my feelings. I cannot be led by what I feel. I must be led by what I believe. This is more than the power of positive thinking. This is more than just, you know, think and grow rich. You know, just say it until it happens. No, I'm talking about you making a connection to the God of heaven. I'm talking about his word releasing spiritual power in our lives. Our weapons, 2 Corinthians 10, 4. Say this with me. Our weapons have power from God that can destroy the enemy's strong places. Say it again. Our weapons have power from God that can destroy the enemy's strong places. It's true or it's false. And if it's true, God has made some way for me to get to the other side. And I want to tell you, I found it through the Word of God. But i got to be honest with you. I lost my faith for a few weeks. Now, I still believed in God. I still prayed. I still read my Bible every morning. But my feelings had become so overwhelming... That I just I just couldn't get up under them, and I just I thought well, if it's something in my body chemically and I can't control it, I guess I'm just I just I just have to live that way. But you know what? On April fifteenth, I opened my Bible and I read this, and I began to believe it, and I began to even talk differently. My wife said, "How are you doing today?" By the grace of the Lord, I'm blessed. With the help of God, I'm better. I'm better today than I was yesterday, and I'll be better tomorrow than I am today. Your faith needs a voice, but it's got to be based not on a feeling but the Word of God. Let me wrap this up today. Look at verse 10. Now, this is, this is what really helped me. After you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace... Grace is God's goodness, His kindness, His favor, His ability, that which He can give you that you can't give yourself, the help that only He can provide. This God who has called you And I realized that I'm not doing what I'm doing because I wanted to do it or needed a job or needed some money. Come on, I'm doing it because God called me into the ministry. And Philippians 1-6 says, He who began the good work in you will bring it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. It didn't say I would finish it, but He would finish it. Listen now, this just got, got me. God called you, will Himself restore you. I couldn't restore myself. My confession began to be: God will restore me. God will confirm me. God will strengthen me, and God will establish me. Well, I'm telling you, friends. You say, "Well, I mean, is, how does that work?" I'll tell you how. Hebrews four twelve says this: The word of God is. Yeah, but it's just it's just words on a page, like a psychology or sociology or history book. No, it's more. The Bible says these words were breathed by the Holy Spirit, and they have power, living, active, powerful, listen, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit. Now, what does that mean? The difference, the, the Word of God shows us the difference between what's spiritual, what's of God, what's truth, and what's natural, what's of the flesh, and what's demonic. And it was the Bible, the truth of God, that came into my soul when my feelings were so strong and caused me to put my feelings under my faith and believe the God who called me is the God who's going to finish the work in me. Come on. That the God who started it is the one who's going to finish it. And that's more than just positive thinking. It's something about the power in the Word of God. That's why you need to read it every day so God will have something to draw back to your remembrance. God was speaking to me, telling me my suffering would not last forever. God gave me hope, and God now gave me the ability to fight against these lies in my mind, come on, and push them out. You say, well, how does that work? Ephesians 6, 13, you remember when we read that we're to take up the whole armor of God so we can withstand in the evil day? But listen, verse 17, take the sword of the Spirit, which is what? Isn't that interesting? When he's talked about spiritual armor, the only offensive weapon is the Word of God. Why is that? Because it has spiritual power when you put your faith behind it. And when the Holy Spirit quickens a word to you, makes the logos, the written word, into a rhema, and God gives you something to hold on to, come on, you can have hope and you can have faith. And believe me, I know. Verse 11, he closes this way. To this God, to this God, to him be the dominion forever and ever. Dominion means that God has all power and authority. Dominion means, and listen now, we started out by humbling ourselves before this great God. We talked about our anxieties, our struggles, our fears, our worries. Satan is right there to take charge because he wants your faith But we're going to resist him. We're going to believe God instead. And God promises that in a little bit of time, I'm going to take care of you. And I'm going to pick you up when you can't pick yourself up. And I'm going to do for you what you can't do for yourself. I'm going to do you like I did Joseph. I'm going to take you out of the pit. And I'm going to bring you into Pharaoh's palace. I'll do you like I did Daniel. I'll take you out of the lion's den. And I'll bring you before the king. And those that were your enemies, I'm going to cause them to be crushed underneath your feet. Because I'm the God of all glory and I keep my word. Dominion. Dominion. Satan will bow and sickness will bow and your problems will bow their knee to Jesus if we don't give up and quit. Let me close with this and then we're going to have a little special time with dads. Luke 22 verse 31. Jesus talking to Peter, uh, Peter the apostle. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded to have you. I wonder if he's ever demanded to have you. I wonder if he has a demand against your life now. If you're doing anything for God, he is. He's demanded to have you, and it's a plural. He wants all the disciples. So he may sift you like wheat. Imagine the stalks of wheat. They're ready to harvest, and they go in with the sickle, and they cut them. Then they take them to a threshing floor. It's simply a place of, uh, of dirt that's hard. And they take that wheat, and they beat it against rocks, and they beat it against the ground, and animals will go across it. They'll drive carts across it. They'll throw it up in the air, let the wind blow the chaff away. Jesus said, that's what Satan wants to you." And Jesus didn't stop him. Notice what Jesus said. Jesus said, I have prayed for you that Satan would leave you alone. We should said that. I have prayed for you that your... That's what Satan wants. He wants to take away from you that ability to believe God in the midst of trouble. And when you've turned again, strengthen your brothers. And I told you before I went on sabbatical, that was a scripture God gave me. He gave me one in Romans that the God of peace will soon crush him underneath your feet. The first one he gave me was, is when you've returned again, return to me, strengthen your brothers Well, I want to tell you today, I have returned. And it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by His Spirit. And our world is in heap big trouble. Come on, our world needs help. And that help comes from you and I who are walking, come on, obedient to the Lord, doing what He's called us to do because He's called us to be a victorious church. Come on, not a church that's going to be trampled underfoot. Come on, to Him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, listen, I, I, I want to close. We're going to continue this next week. If you know somebody that's struggling, get them, they can listen to the, uh, to the iPod, uh, iPod, iPod or uh, listen to the broadcast or bring them with you next week. But right now, I want to pray for those of you that this is really resonating with. Because I know there's been a voice within my voice. It's the Holy Spirit speaking. And you felt like you're the only person in the room. You felt like God is talking to you today. And your faith is under attack. That's what Satan wants through the problems he sends your way. It could be problems at home, problems in your family, problems with the law, who know what it ever it is. But what God wants to do is God or the devil wants to do is he wants to rob faith out of the equation. Well, maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I feel that pressure, but God's given me some hope today. And I want you to pray for me so my faith doesn't fail. I want you to pray for me that I'm gonna stand strong in faith that Satan's not going to win but I'm going to resist him and I'm going to do what God's called me to do I want you to just stand to your feet right where you are just stand to your feet right where you are i might have somebody pray for you that's right you're standing right now saying God I need your help you're standing saying God this is too hard for me you're standing saying Lord I need you to establish me I need you to strengthen me I need you to restore me because I can't do it myself what you're standing right now is saying I'm going to believe God not what I feel. You're standing right now saying, I'm not going to let the lies grow in my mind any longer. And I'm going to believe the truth of God's Word. I want someone just to stand behind all of our friends right now and just put your hand lightly on their shoulder. The Bible talks about the laying on of hands. It's a spiritual transference. And I want everybody that's standing right now, I want someone just to put your hand lightly on their shoulder and I just want you to pray now. That's right, I just want you to pray for them right now. Just pray for them right now. And just pray that the Holy Spirit is going to give them a living word that a promise from god is going to be theirs come on look around you i still see people that are standing alone you may have to look behind you i want you to go to your brother and sister in the body of christ and lord jesus we're just praying right now come on i want the whole church to pray with me right now let's just pray for these men and women that are standing these kids boys and girls and let's just pray that god himself would reach out and help them come on pray for them right now that god himself would strengthen them that god would establish them Just pray for them right now that their faith would not quit that this is not some emotional thing, it's not some mystical thing, but it is the reality of what we read in the Bible, that they're under a spiritual attack and Satan is trying to steal their faith. He's trying to rob their confidence in God. And could we just pray for them right now that their faith would not fail, but they would walk with God all the days of their life. Come on, let's just pray for them right now that they'd have a confidence that one day this thing will be over and God will give me grace and strength to face it until it's over. So we just bless them right now in Jesus' name. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Say it again. That's the name where power comes from. It's in the name of Jesus, huh? Yeah. Come on, give him a good hand today. The Lord Jesus is worthy, worthy to be praised. Well, go ahead and be seated. I hope you feel strengthened. That's my intent today, and that's what we're going to do in this series. I want all the dads and granddads and uncles to come up right now. We want to bless you and uh, give you a little gift. All the dads, come on up, get as close to the front as you can here. I promise you, you don't have to hold hands with anybody. Just uh, get up here close, and we got a little video we wanna show you as you're coming. And my wife, is gonna have a little something to say as a wife and as a daughter, I think will help you.
4: Sorry, dad, for all those sleepless nights. I'm sorry, dad, for always getting into trouble.
1: I'm sorry, Dad.
4: Really sorry.
2: Sorry, Dad. Maybe I should have laughed at your jokes a little bit more.
4: Wow, Dad. Your Snapchat story is so not on fleek.
3: I'm sorry, Dad, for giving you a hard time about learning new stuff. I'm sorry, Dad, for being so irresponsible. Sorry for breaking your heart over and over. Parenting is the hardest thing I've ever done, but I learned how to do it from you.
2: Thank you for teaching me.
3: That second chances
4: are a gift. I don't need to care so much about what others think.
0: That people are more important than things.
4: That sometimes a hug is the best lecture that I can
3: give. That parenting is the greatest honor in the world. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I'm sorry. It was 20 years ago.
1: Dads, I want to talk to you as a wife, as a mother, as a daughter. I want to tell you what we need from you. We need real men who will live life trusting and depending on a real God. We need you to show us what it means. To be a man of God. We need you to be the spiritual head of our home, to be a spiritual covering for our kids. We need you, dads. Psalms 44.1 says, our fathers have told us what you did in their days. Dads, we need you to tell our kids what the Lord has done for you. We sang that song earlier in the service." When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me, I you, we need you to talk about that. We need to talk, you to talk to us about the way you were and now what God has done, how he turned you around and set your feet on solid ground. We need you to talk to us. We need you dads to acknowledge that you are where you are today, not because of what you've done, but because of what God has done. Psalms 44 verse 5 says, Only by your power, only in your name. I don't trust in my name. I don't trust in my ability. I, don't, I can't count on myself. Dads, we need you to tell our kids. It's because of what God's done in my life. It's because of what God has, His power that I am where I am today. And you want to know why? Because your kids are not you. And if you say, it's because I'm so smart or because I'm so gifted or I'm so talented or because of my own strength, then they'll say, I'm not you, so therefore I I can never be what you are. But if you say it was because of the grace of God, because of his power, because of his might, then they say, okay, if God can do it for you, then God can do it for me. Dads, we need you. Be that spiritual covering to your kids and not just to your kids but to the kids of our church to the kids of our community teach them talk to them mirror god's grace in your life and if you do that we're going to see the next generation being even stronger than we were pastor john wants to pray for you
5: lord i ask you to bless all my friends Lord, we're up here today. We're in church on Sunday morning because we love you and we want to be the spiritual person you've created us to be. And we simply want to ask you to help us. Make clear to us the way to go and help us have the courage to do it. But we pray, Lord, that we would find strength and help and wisdom from you to be a better husband, better dad, better uncle, better grandpa, better influence on the people that are around me. So I bless these men today and I pray that you would smile on them from heaven above and cause them to love you with all their heart, all their mind, all their soul, and all their strength. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you guys. Give me a big hand, girls. God bless you. I've got a little gift for you. Let me say this in closing. If you need special prayer, if you want to talk to someone, anyone in the building, uh, if you want to become a Christian, commit your life to Christ, come over to the cross and somebody will stand there. They'll pray for you and talk with you. God bless you. Thanks for being here. Oh.
2: Is true. Though I cannot see